So today we are almost done with the sermon series, Leap of Faith. And on that note, we have a guest preacher next week. The name is Jimmy Orr. Um, so all the pictures I saw of him was him wearing suits. Well, Chelsea didn't get the memo today, but you had to wear shorts if you want to be here. Oh, ouch. She does. <laughs> Everybody does what they want here. Okay. Okay, we don't exclude people based on the pants. But of all the different reasons we can exclude people, that's probably the least harmful one. Um, so we're almost done with the um, leap of faith. And... When I was putting up the names for the sermon series, I decided like the last one, the last Sunday, it will be about us. Uh, instead of focusing on a character in scripture, like we, the first Sunday was Peter, the second was Abigail, and who remembers the last one? Nobody was paying attention on Sunday? Rahab. Well, actually, no, I didn't remember. That's why I was asking. <laughs> um, so I want to talk today about how the leap of faith affects us. So I'm going to read from John chapter 14. And it goes like this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Believe me, I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see. This works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. Because I, on my way to the Father, I'm giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. For now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will see for who, that's how the Father will, will be seen for who He is in the Son. And I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do. So I'm going to stop right now there before I move to the next passages. I rarely, I don't know, if, most people that I've known for longer. Hello, new people that I've been knowing for a couple of weeks. Or gente que conozco por un día. Just people that I met know for a day. And, I don't know, 30 minutes, Sharon. Um, I rarely use the word Christians when it comes to who I dream us to become or who I am. I prefer to use the phrase followers of Christ or followers of Jesus when it comes to terms of who I dream us to be. The main reason is because the word Christian has been thrown through the mud through history. And if I had to take a wild guess, I would say like a lot of people around the world, in this country, or even the city, either dislike, reject, um, or fear people that call themselves Christians. 
like carrying that title generates some rejection for some people. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Christianity through the past hundreds or a couple of thousands of almost 2,000 years, because it started like that, we've been carrying a banner of judgment towards people as Christians. So when they see a group of Christians, they're like, ah, it doesn't, it's, it's not a good taste for people. That's why I feel like I would love, you know, like, we, you know, Christians doesn't mean to me what it meant years ago. It has a different, it has taken its own um, significance right now. And it doesn't produce in people the same effect that Jesus was producing in people. When Jesus was around, people loved to be around him. They, they did whatever they could just to be close to him. Children were running towards him. And lately, from Christians, people run away from them. And even the disciples, wherever the disciples were going, people just did their best to be around them. There was something that they were doing that made people like them and to be around them. And one of the main things that Jesus was doing is was giving people hope, empower them, and he made them feel like they matter. So I think if we retake, if we are called to be Jesus' followers, I think we should have the same effect on people. And this goes along the lines of what Jesus said. Believe me, Jesus said to his disciples, I am in my Father and my Father is in me. Period. If you cannot believe that, okay, believe what you see. This works. And this has to do with the fact that Christianity in the past couple of hundreds of years has, uh, uh, or following Jesus or, or sharing the gospel has been reduced to uh, preaching, has been reduced to uh, prayers of acceptance, has been reduced to repeat over and over again, the Bible says so, the Bible says so, has been reduced to words, 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 words. Christianity has been reduced to whatever comes through our mouth and uh, from our mouth. And I think Jesus was kind of warning us that whatever was happening to him was happening, was going to happen to us. People will not believe. Have you ever, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was kind of like, I, I heard people quoting, they say it was Gandhi that says, I like your Jesus, I just don't like you Christians. Um, people have a hard time believing that we belong to Jesus, okay? But they will believe the way we live. The reason why they don't believe that we belong to Jesus is because the works that we do do not reflect what we believe. And I think that's a very important thing. If people are not gonna believe, people are not gonna believe who do we belong. But they will believe what they see from us. And those are works of love. I'm gonna continue to read the passage. If you love me, Jesus said, show it by doing. It doesn't say by saying. It says, show it by doing what I told you. I will talk to the Father and he'll provide you another friend 
so that you will always have someone. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take the spirit in because it doesn't have eyes to see the spirit, doesn't know what to look for. But you know the spirit already because the spirit has been staying with you and will be even in you. Have you ever heard the phrase or something like that? If, if, if I, if we only, if we have only, um, if we only been when Jesus was around, if we were there when Jesus was around, or do you ever think about that? Like, if I saw Jesus just walking, if, if, if I would have been one of the disciples, life of faith would be so much easier. I would have seen, you know, those miracles and like, okay, I can, my, my faith will be greater because I will have seen it with my own eyes. Um, and we tend to think that if we would have seen Jesus' embodiment, probably a little bit taller or shorter, um, our life of faith will be different. But let's just show you that it doesn't matter if you were 2,000 years ago walking with Jesus or not. In the Gospels, in the four Gospels, we can see the people that walk with Jesus did not get it either. Most of his friends betrayed him or abandoned him. The loved, the, the loved disciple ran away from the garden. A lot of people found him compelling, but they found him also puzzling. And a lot of people around Jesus' time, they thought he was a madman. And even in this, and the other thing that is kind of confusing about Jesus is that in this passage, and the two chapters that comes after that, Jesus said, well, actually, I will be with you from then until today. And he also told the disciples that things will get easier, not harder. harder. So walking with Jesus was not a guarantee of an easier faith better faith. The disciples had to take probably, and this is when I'm getting to the point, the biggest leap of faith they had ever to take. They did not only have to figure it out what to do now that Jesus was not around. Just imagine, for example, how many churches fall apart when the pastor is gone. Now imagine how things could have fallen apart when Jesus was not around. So the disciples had to figure it out what to do now that Jesus was gone. But they also had to wait for somebody that they didn't know. And not only that, deal with the burn, burden of what Jesus told them that they will do greater things. So miracles, healings, bringing people to life, that was an amazing show that was put up every time. I'm not saying that miracles are not real. I believe in miracles. I'm alive because of a miracle. My kids are alive because of miracles. And they actually walk because of miracles. But the real power of Jesus, the real power, the greater thing that disciples had to do was bringing dead people to life. There is this show called The Walking Dead, and there is 
this writer who says that we are now living in the walking dead kind of life. That we are walking like zombies. Like we, we go through life not thinking, but consuming and consuming and consuming. That we are not awake. That we are telling, that we are doing what commercials and advertisements tell us to do. That we don't have our own way of thinking or we don't have our own individual idea of what makes us happy. And what the disciples had to do is to connect with people in a way that woke them up to the realization that the life that we have is a life that goes beyond us and our loved ones, but that we are called to live a life for the world, not just for us. Because if you, let me just put it this way, you're a Christian, and you care for yourself, and you care for your family, but people around your area are starving, it doesn't seem that much like the calling that, of that, like the kind of life that a group of Christians will have, right? We we we're called to care for, and Jesus said, you know, um, and the, this is one of my favorite passages. When he had in the last judgment, he tells people, "Well, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was cold, you covered me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you visited me." They call that the disciples, the, the greater job the disciples had to do was to go to people, wake them up, and tell them that we are called to something better. And it might sound like too much, it might sound like too hard, it might sound even impossible in, in a period of time where it is even hard for us to take care of our own families. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes to play. And, and this sounds like a, in a realm of the spiritual, like not necessarily hardcore practical things that we can do. Um, that's what I like about the sermon series, Leap of Faith. It's faith. The way we move has to be faith. And one of the things that I like about the Holy Spirit is that it's used in three ways through Scripture. Helper, comforter, and advocate. Jesus told the disciples, wait, a new friend is coming. The things that you're going to be doing, you need that person to come to you. You cannot, you will not be able to do it without that person coming to you. And that's the way that God was going to be present in our life through the Holy Spirit. When it talks about the Holy Spirit as a helper, it's talking about that strength that will give us the energy and, and the ability to step away from our comfort zone to care for others. To step away, to, to have the strength, because it takes strength to step away for the life that we have been living, that it has only care for us and our families and our loved ones, but no for people that we don't know. And we need help for that. 
When it talks about the, the Holy Spirit as a comforter, it's because God is taking the role that... Um, have, you, have you ever gone through something difficult and the, not only the physical, but the emotional support of your friends have helped you to keep walking? That's the other role the Holy Spirit has. And, and the, my favorite one is advocate. And this is connected to the beginning. I always thought, or I always view this passage of the Holy Spirit as an advocate, as the person, um, you know, as a lawyer, as the person who will just fight your battles. You know, like you're going to get in trouble, and but the Holy Spirit is, is going to... It's sort of like in a courtroom. I never um, pay attention to it as a, how it will look in real life. And the way I take, personally, how the Holy Spirit is our advocate is in the area of our works. Trying to put my thought together right now. Okay. People will not believe that we belong to Jesus, but... Through our works, I believe that the Holy Spirit will advocate for us and will reveal to people like, oh, actually, this, these people are showing me something different. They're showing me a different kind of love. They're caring for me. It will advocate for us that will reveal to people that we belong to God. But people will not believe what we say. And if they don't believe what we say, they will believe what we do. And that's one of, one of the most difficult things as a Christian. Life as a follower of Christ requires a massive leap of faith. This is one of the main reasons why we started this church, as a massive leap of faith. Like uh, many of us, we felt like we, we did not fit in the regular structure of a church. We did not feel like we were part of an institution that cared for the community around, but we were caring about making our buildings more pretty. Not that this building doesn't need to be more pretty. Um, it needs a little bit of, it needs a lot of love. But we want to be a community that people, there are so many churches around the area, so many churches in Noonan, right? But I, I don't want people to believe that we are a Christian church because of what we say. People should know that we are Christians for the works that we do, for the where, way we care about people. And that takes a massive leap of faith because it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time. It is easier to type on Facebook, type on Twitter, post pictures on Instagram. What is hard is to love others. That's the hardest thing. So let me finish with this. If people cannot believe What do you say? If they cannot believe what we say, then definitely we have to do the works for them to believe those works. If we don't do the works, we won't have anything to show. 
if we don't love people, if we don't welcome people, if we don't care for people, whatever we say, we have nothing to, be, to back it up. So, as individuals, as a community, I invite you to, to reflect. You have taken lots of leap of faiths throughout your life. Have you taken the leap of faith? There was this phrase that said, if Christianity was illegal, will there be enough evidence to convict you? That's something for you to take home. (laughs) Because it is not the thought what condemns a person, but what they do. So if Christianity was illegal, will there be enough evidence to convict you? If people doesn't believe what you say, does your life have enough evidence for them to believe the works that you do? Let's pray. Dear God, you, Jesus, Everybody was waiting for the words of a powerful Messiah. They were waiting for that warrior. But your works show them a different kind of love. Your work was of sacrifice. Your work was of empowerment, of love. You gave your life. If people did not believe what you said. They definitely believed what you did. The reason why 2,000 years later we're here worshiping you. La razón por la que estamos 2,000 años después adorándote is because of what you did. Es por lo que vos hiciste. The reason why your words mean a lot to us is because the way you walk and the people you work with. La razón por la que creemos a tus palabras es por la manera en la que hablaste, por la manera en que caminaste y estuviste con gente. We will have probably not believe what you are saying, but we definitely will change for the works that you did. Seguramente no hubiéramos creído lo que vos decías, pero somos cambiados por lo que hiciste. Your disciples did not just repeat your teachings, they lived it. Tus discípulos no repitieron tus enseñanzas, ellos las vivieron. But we take comfort that in the way, in the same way that we are messed up people, Tenemos consolación que en la misma manera en que nosotros somos personas con fallas, your disciples and followers were also messed up people. Because they abandoned you after three years of seeing you doing wonders. Porque ellos te abandonaron después de tres años de hacer maravillas. Yet, 
you were still with them. You did not reprimand them. Seguías con ellos y no los retaste. Knowing what was going to happen, sabiendo lo que iba a pasar, you took the bread, you broke it and said, Friends, loved ones, this is my body that will be broken for you. And after dinner was over, he took the cup and said, This is my blood who will be sh that will be shed for the healings of the nation. Esta es mi sangre que será derramada para la sanidad de las naciones. So while we wait for the kids to join us, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Neely to come and share a prayer. There is, there is the known creed. You know, I believe in God the Father. Many of you are familiar with that. But also around the world, and depending on the circumstances, there are different versions of creeds that are called to empower people. So I ask Neely if she can share this special one. So I invite you to close your eyes. Les invito a cerrar sus ojos. And let her Neely, let Neely walk you through those words. Let's pray. I believe in God, who created woman and man in God's own image, who created the world and gave both sexes the care of the earth. I believe in Jesus, child of God, chosen of God, born of the woman Mary, who listened to women and liked them, who stayed in their homes, who discussed justice with them, who was followed and financed by woman disciples. I believe in Jesus, who discussed theology with a woman at a well and first confided in her, his messiahship, who motivated her to go and tell her great news to the city. I believe in Jesus, who received anointing from a woman, who rebuked the men guests who scorned her. I believe in Jesus, who said this woman will be remembered for what she did, minister of Jesus. I believe in Jesus, who healed a woman on the Sabbath and made her whole because she was a human being. I believe in Jesus, who spoke of God as a woman seeking the lost coin, as a woman who swept seeking the lost. I believe in Jesus, who thought of pregnancy and birth with reverence, not as punishment, but as, as a wrenching event, a metaphor for transformation, born again, anguish into joy. I believe in Jesus, who spoke of himself as a mother hen who would gather her chicks under her wing. I believe in Jesus, who appeared first to Mary Magdalene, who sent her with the bursting message, go and tell. I believe in the wholeness of the Savior, in whom there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all one in salvation. I believe in the Holy Spirit as she moves over the waters of creation and over the earth. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the woman spirit of God, who like a hen created us and gave us birth and covers us with her wings. Amen.
Rachel C. Wahlberg.